Welcome back to the Sletchpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Anna D, aka The Professional Goddess, here to empower women to build their own empire and interview sluts who like to make money. On my podcast, I give you a peek inside my life as a girl boss, mentor, retired cam girl, viral TikToker, and now 1% OnlyFans creator. I share my ups and downs of running a multi-million dollar business and the difficult yet sexy path to success. So, my dear sludgepreneurs and my boss bitches in training, grab your notebooks, put on your crown, and if you're a new listener, it's an honor to have you here. Get ready to take a peek inside my pleasure chest. Hey guys, <laughs> welcome. Um, this is Cami. This is Nikki from Double Teamed, as you know. Say, so I'm Anna. I'm the sludgepreneur. I'm Natalie. I'm from How I Fuck, the podcast. And today we are doing a panel on what it's like to have a sex podcast and why we all love it so much. How we fuck a sex podcasters. <laughs> and I don't think any there's been a panel of all podcasters before in the sex uh, in the sex space sex category. Yeah, Ooh, actually, that I know I have of. To research that. I haven't heard of any. Yeah, I haven't yeah. heard of any uh, either. Check me. Making history. That's a great right little now. statistic there. Are we the first ones to pioneer this? It has to be perfect. Okay, great. Sex, sex so, podcasters need to come together. Mm-hmm. Right? Especially if women supporting each other. Queens support queens. Saying, <laughs> I'm like, we all have to support each other. We're all in this together. It's like one high school musical. No, we're. <laughs> okay, anyways. <laughs> That's one thing that like I love about podcasts is, you know, even when you are the same topics like i think there is still a space for the the people that want to join these conversations just because we all have different perspectives we all have different like stories and backgrounds like we all resonate with people differently you know some people may find us annoying but absolutely love you you know so it's (laughs) you never know like what what's gonna like strike a chord with people so like i think it's important for like any podcasters you know in a space where like you know they feel there's already kind of saturation there or anything like that to remember that you know your voice is unique there's definitely space for for people to resonate with that and the one thing that we all have common ground about is being so open and authentic about sex so that's the common thing with all of our audiences which is awesome no i agree and i think that's you know part of the reason why they all come to our podcast not everyone has kind of that vulnerability and that willingness to share and so People love hearing from the people that do. So, mm-hmm. but I want to add to the first question: How how do we come up with it? So mine is kind of simple. It's slutrepreneur, and as someone who owns multiple brands, I find it's really key to explain who you are, what you sell within the name, so that your elevator pitch isn't extremely long. So I started as an entrepreneur, but I've always been a slut. I haven't always advertised that I'm a slut. Obviously, it kind of takes time and age and confidence to do that. But I was laying awake at night. And, you know, when when you aren't dumping things in your senses, like your phone and whatnot, you finally have like that clear space to think, uh, like when you meditate. So slutchpreneur came to mind. And instantly, I was like, is the dot com taken? And I Google searched it and everything. Uh, because once you can find a name that no one has and you can brand it out, it's just 
creme de la creme because then you can take all the handles. So <laughs> that was my first thought is, can I get the dot com? Can I get the handles? Then I got it. Uh, one bad thing is that it's extremely hard to spell. I don't think anyone can even spell entrepreneur or at least a percentage of people. But once I thought of Sluchpreneur, I, it just stuck and really, really happy I went with that. So that is why I chose Sluchpreneur. Yeah, I have to oh, Google I love it that. anytime I email you. <laughs> <laughs> I have to Google it because I'm just like, oh my God. And then I'm like, oh, wow, I'm a really bad speller. Who knew? Well, I'm trying to uh, re not rebrand, but channel uh, Professional Goddess because that's kind of like the sub name. So working on uh, trademarking, all that stuff, because now our .com's Professional Goddess. That way we can just kind of gear people to spelling that. But it's... It's always an uphill battle as you scale and especially with sex, like how I fuck. I'm sure you can't use fuck in a caption or your thing will get your post will get deleted. Like it's very it's such a sketchy territory. You kind of have to use like secret code names when you're writing on the Internet so you don't get more shadow banned. Yeah, no, it's been such a struggle with our with our name because we also mm-hmm. like I, you know, I use an asterisk as well. And it's been so, it's been so shitty, uh, especially like us. if you Google it, you know, and then I, I porn. <laughs> yeah. I Googled, um, or not Googled. I read somewhere like just, I don't know, maybe, or maybe I heard somewhere about, uh, that if you're doing a podcast, it's better not to name the titles for your episode titles, not to be so similar. And my, our episode titles are similar because it'd be like how I fuck as a professional dominatrix, how I fuck as a professional MILF, how I fuck as a blind woman, you know? So that I like, that's the thing I wanted to stick with. Like I wanted to stick with like every episode to be named that, but it's also, I, apparently it's not a, it's not the best thing to do with podcasting, but, um, I don't know. I've been really stubborn. I've been sticking with it, sticking with the name, how I fuck. And I guess I came up with, I don't know. I guess I came up with the name because I genuinely, wanted to start a podcast about how other people have sex. And I was just like, well, how do people have sex? How do, how do, how do people fuck how I fuck? And like, that's just really how I came up with it because I wanted it to be like pretty obvious when you read it. And also when you read the episode titles, like how I fuck as a trans man, you know? So that's how I came up with that. But it's been, it's been a bitch really because of the asterisks, because Apple podcast <laughs> hates anything sex, especially in, even with the episode, ti- like episode notes, like the show notes. You know, like I'm writing in there that this professional, I don't know, dominatrix loves peeing and pegging and all this stuff. So it has all these really uh, raunchy keywords. But yeah, I don't know. People still people still find us. So it's fine. I'm sticking with it. Nikki and Kenny, how about you guys? How'd you guys come up with your name? Your episodes are all the same. Like the how I fuck with and then like as the different ones. I when I was looking through podcasts, I was like, I actually really like this. Um, We did a craze where a and like kissed um you know daddy dom like all these things um and i liked it because my like ocdness i like the cohesiveness of it sometimes like when we're titling like just standalone episodes like where it's just her and i and we have to like think of a title and they're all so sporadic and different lengths mm-hmm. and all this stuff I'm, it drives me nuts so i like when it's like uniform as you look down but that's interesting to know that online it says that you're not supposed to do that so that's a good Well, and side note, I think for our listeners, you know, that's something they don't think about. It's something we have to be extremely strategic with the names of our episodes. Do we number them and put a number um, in the title? Our descriptions, not, you know, it's just so many 
uh, layers when you're recording and presenting your work that you have to t- so much detail, um, especially in a sex space. So I think that's something really interesting. Yeah. Even when you share on social media as well, like social media, I think, I mean, I haven't come across, I haven't been in a situation where, I don't know, Apple or something has pulled an episode down. Like that's never happened, but I've been a couple times our content on social media has been pulled down. So that's the other thing too, is that if I'm going to be promoting this on Twitter and Instagram, like how best to, you know, like how should I write that caption without being like, I think our, our last episode was, um, a, a, I spoke to a professional male dom and, uh, I like just was very vague with my caption of just like in his field and his career in his work and stuff and like a pleasure and like just, just using words like that. I can't be that explicit on there, unfortunately. So double teamed. I I have a hint that it's double because there's two of you. <laughs> but it is a play on words. The hope people don't think double teamed. Yeah, the people all the time double teamed if you guys have never like done anything together. And I'm like, because it's supposed to be funny. Okay, it's- for let's backtrack a little bit. Who he's a producer for about three other podcasts. Really big podcasts too. He actually named our podcast. He so, was like, yeah. hey, th- here's an editor you should use. Because we, t- he told us. We were telling him our story. He was like, our podcast on this. We're like, oh, okay, yeah, maybe. Well, and then he, was like, he was like, here's a – okay, yeah, sure, we'll do it. But he was like – once he sent an introduction email to our now editor. And, and he was like, hey, this is double teamed. And we're like, we're sticking with it. This is what we're going with. And I liked it. It's better than I originally thought of, which was like something stupid like Tinder Tales. I don't remember, which doesn't even have anything to do with like really what we talk about. So you guys do stuff together. And I'm like, nope. Just the name because it's funny. Yeah. And if you Google that stupid Disney Channel movie from about 10 years ago (laughs) about the twin sisters that played basketball. So. Oh, my God. It's been forever. Well, I think what's great is we all have eyebrow raising podcasts and it does something to people's brain. It's like when you turn on porn, like that feeling in your brain, like you're doing something wrong. And I think like psychologically reading something that does that's really important. Like Tinder Tales is kind of like Dragon Tales, but double team, you're like, wait, what? Confused. And then you get talking and then all of a sudden they're subscribed to your podcast. So I think it's great. Embrace it. Love it. No, I do Were love you, the name of all three of these. Though I will admit as well that I c- could not spell. S- it took me only yeah, a couple fuck. Slut, trip, pit, new, new, but it's okay. Here we are. So that's the main question. Let's get into it. I started a sex shop called The Horny Stoner. And the first week we had our Instagram account using the word horny in a caption, they had just done an algorithm switch. And if you had used horny plus another sex word in the caption, it would strip you from posting for three days. So literally made like our one of our first few posts and it got you know we got flagged and i was like fucking great like i start something and this is the way we're gonna start it and i was really pissed off about it and then there were a few other local sex positive brands that the same thing was happening and we were trying to like group chat as to you know what we had to do to start really censoring our words and god i can't even remember what year i started the show it was like when podcasts were really up and coming and i knew like i had to get on it because if i didn't do it now i'd regret it later Just kind of like with YouTube, if you start now, you have like a tiny percentage chance to being successful. So 
I thought, you know what? I'm fucking pissed. I want to talk about it. So I grabbed my phone. I recorded a little intro. I didn't even know what the name of the show was going to be, but it was, it was just kind of this, you know, fire I had and I had to exert it somewhere. So it's literally what made me feel passionate enough to start just kind of a safe space where I knew I wouldn't be censored to talk about the frustrations of entrepreneurship and, you know, sex positive stuff and just feeling like I had duct tape over my mouth and I wanted to, I wanted someone to listen. I, I, I knew in my heart I could spark some sort of change. So it was definitely non-intentional, no business plan, just like the rest of my businesses. <laughs> and it, it just works. So that's, that's how I started mine. I think that's the best way. Let it flow organically. Let it just happen. Yeah, like our periods. Yes. Let the universe just <laughs> that natural bleed it out. <laughs> Let there be blood. <laughs> oh, I know. How did you start on the <laughs> microphone? <laughs> to fuck on the microphone. God, okay. Well, I wanted to start a podcast for a while. I was actually a video producer for about five years, and I wanted to make oh, wow. the switch to audio. And, but I wanted to start my own thing. And at first I was like, I'm going to do a podcast on like immigration. Uh, cause I'm like first gen. And then I was like, this is really hard. And then one day I was, uh, researching sex topics for like a job. And, uh, I came across this article about this woman who is like a sex coach for people, for like little people, people with dwarfism. And apparently like people with dwarfism, like their arms are, uh, a lot of them, their arms are too short to reach their genitalia. So they need toys. Like it's hard for them to like masturbate and like they have, um, some of them have a lot of hip problems, so they can't really straddle. They can't really be on top. So they're like pillow Queens, but pretty much. And I had never thought of that. I was like, I've never. Yeah. And then, I don't know. I just started thinking about how everyone has sex. Like I was like walking, like I would walk to my work and then see like a homeless person on a bench and be like, do they have sex? Do they have a sex life? Like where do where do they fuck? You know? And so I just like, I just kept wondering about it. And like the idea would just really stuck with me. And I was like, you know what? I don't think there's a podcast that really explores that. But yeah, I couldn't get the idea out of my head. And then I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to do it. And so I came up with like a list of like people I wanted to talk to. Like I was just like, how do, how does like a trans woman who is taking like hormones and stuff, like how do they have sex? I also wanted to explore like, I don't know, like, like basically pretty much like, I think our episodes are kind of like sex biographies pretty much it's like they're telling us their their life but in the sex lens you know so i'm like retelling their story of just like the relationship with sex like during this time and like com compare that to like what they're into now like say like they're a sex worker you know like say they're like um like we interviewed uh she like she's kind of like a professional milf like pretty much she's a adult performer but her like her thing really that she's known for is being a milf so that's like most of her content so like compare that to like at the beginning of her like sex journey when she was only sleeping like with one person her husband who was like abusive you know what i mean so like mm -hmm. i just i like to hear those kind of stories where it's like what was it like before and then compare to now that you're into all this kinky shit or maybe you're a sex worker or, you know whatever but yeah, that's really that's really how I got started was because I was like, I want to be a podcast producer. I want to make my own thing. What am I wondering about? And I was like, well, I'm, I'm thinking about this. I'm really thinking about how other people have sex, how other people fuck. It's profoundly deep. Like, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that touched me. I was like... And I think that's really cool, especially since, you know, like when you mentioned about the, the people with dwarfism, you know, I never thought, you know, um, their parts not in eating the, like, sense of toy. Really cool. I think... 
humans in general, we want to know how other people fuck. And I think like, it kind of comes back to like, how do entrepreneurs fuck? We only have our own experiences in sex. So seeing other people's and sex sells. Yeah. I think we all know that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So- yeah. I was like, this is my first podcast. So I think like sex, yeah, sex sells. So I think this, this is probably a good idea. I mean, other than the, obviously the fact that like, you know, censorship and stuff like that with like Apple podcasts, or maybe it's not as Googleable, you know, but like, yeah, sex sells. So I was like, I think like there is an interest for that and it's shown. So I'm glad I, I, I made that gamble. Just the fact that you're normalizing something that again, like sex isn't taught in school, but especially taboo things. I recently interviewed a sex worker who worked with a lot of disabled clients. And when she explained to me different ways she approached that, it just blew my mind. And it made me feel a comfort uh, in that community that there are people that care and are educational about it and don't make, you know, like a mockery out of it. So I, I think it's really important. And that's awesome. Yeah, we started this podcast because like whenever I whenever I entered my non-monogamous relationship, like with my husband, when we opened our marriage, like, A, I didn't really do a whole lot of research and research like when you Google, like it didn't really show you much. Like I literally mm-hmm. monogamy and like nothing came up. And then I was like, podcast about swinging and like a couple came up and things like that. And so like, even when you Google some of these things, they don't necessarily always come up. So so I was like, the ones that I did find were all kind of by like older people, um, you know, just kind of like different demographics. So I was like, well, I feel like, you know, my age range isn't totally represented. Um, and so I kind of like wanted to add to it. But yeah, that was one of the reasons is like, I felt like there wasn't or at least there wasn't a way to find that information unless you really knew what you were looking for. And I didn't really know what I was looking for until I went on Reddit and found like, like there's the swingers um, subreddit, there's the non-monogamy subreddit, polyamory subreddit. And people would be like, Oh, go, you know, find podcasts and books. And then people would be like, well, what's podcasts and books? Like we don't know. And then other people would chime in and like, that's how you actually started finding what the sources were out there. So I don't know why they're, you know, when it comes to sources about sex and whatnot, like I said, unless you really know what you're looking for, they're very hard to find sex podcasts and, and uh, brands and, you know, books and things like that put themselves out there. The, the better it is for people to find these, just don't know how to look until you know what to look. So that's my take. Yeah. How does your husband feel about you starting this? Oh, he loved it. He, um, big supporter of it. And is your husband attracted to your twin? No, no, no. No. <laughs> I don't think no. so. He sees her like a sister. That cracks me up. That is my bro. Yeah. Like, I feel like... <laughs> my. Great question. He definitely sees her <laughs> as like a sister figure. Um, but yeah, he loved that we started the podcast. He was definitely kind of like, not going to be on the show. He was like, y'all two got this. I'll just... What about boundaries as far as what you talk about, like about him? Because my, my partner's been on my show, but we oh. definitely... I don't think he knows how much I talk about him. <laughs> well, he's not on social media. Oh, he listens. Well, we did how we how we met, which was at the strip club, and I felt that was important to like my story. Yeah. So we did like a going to the strip club as a couple tips, which was really uh, fun to do. So I'm gonna. That's a great episode idea because I remember the first time I ever went with my husband. It was actually the first time I went with my husband was with me, my husband, and his girlfriend. Interesting, because I was like, I don't know how to act, but I was just sitting there like mm-hmm. myself while <laughs> watching what was going on. Like, yeah, no one, no one teaches you what to do. 
no one really teaches you. So that's why mm-hmm. you have to kind of like crowdsource from other people. Like, what do y'all do? My, that's how you do it? Okay. My first strip club experience was actually at um, 11 in Miami. And oh, I, felt, I have a hat from there. I love 11. Sorry. It's I a love great it place. Here. Yeah. It's so fun. <laughs> but I hated it because this one guy was, you know, how there's like the different platforms for the girls to stand on mm-hmm. and dance. One guy went like next and then started throwing the bills on the floor rather than them. And I'll, how rude. So I'm over here like picking up all the money and putting it on the platform. And I'm as like, you should. I'm like, how, how did that is so disrespectful? And then, yeah, no, I know. I feel the money so goes bad. everywhere. The money never goes on. I felt so bad. I was like, if there's not any fuckery happening at a strip club, then something's wrong. First strip club I went to was in Alaska. No joke. No joke. And my, I oh, went with my, my coworkers. God. They were all like, "Hey, we're gonna go to a brewer. What's it called? They're like Alaskan Bush Co." And I'm like, "Awesome!" I was thinking, you know, like Anheuser Busch or whatever that brand is. Yeah, I was like, "That's what it's gonna be like." We walk in full nude strip club, and I was like, "Dear God!" My coworkers too. I had to watch two of my coworkers get lap dances. Was it but really cold? Because I, I just when you said strip club in Alaska, I'm thinking it's freezing. Oh, right? It was freezing. It was. If we want to move on to this next question, did he hear y'all's responses about this one? What our sex life was like before we started the podcast and maybe after? My sex life has always just kind of been open-ended. Like, I'm very open, so nothing ever changed as far as that. I think it's the educational aspect, especially having dominatrixes, trans people, escorts, all sorts of things. It's it's helped me gain a lot more respect about the community. And I think that's what I take away more than bringing my podcast like into the bedroom. I think it's eye opening for me in, in corners I've never explored. I wouldn't say like it's made my sex life like better or worse, if that makes sense. Has it opened you to the idea you have or have not done it? Well, I am a sex worker. I've been a cam model. I'm in the 1% on OnlyFans. So oh, I, I think it's... Oh, thank you. Uh, yes, Rebecca Blue is my alias there. So I think, you know, honestly, now that I think about it, I think it's really just brought more confidence in the bedroom. I've recently, in the start of the new year, been a lot more comfortable being like a Humpty Dumpty in the bedroom. Like, I am humping... <laughs> Like I use here's the thing. I used to try to be as pretty as I could be while having sex. I think we all kind of do like, you know, arch your back, like, you know, throw your head back and whatnot. But, you know, we've been together for like a decade and now I'm walking into the next decade of like not giving a fuck about how I feel and focusing on how long I can hold my orgasm. So I think the show is so empowering. And the fact that my confidence is contagious, I think it's just brought a lot more rawness into the bedroom, which is, it's just, it's mind blowing. I've been, I think just a lot more, more comfortable now that I'm like so comfortable talking to hundreds of thousands of people that I don't even know. So I don't know. In my personal life, I'm a little like I don't put my personal life out too much on the Internet. So it's like my sacred thing. It's the only thing I have left since I give everything else to my community. So behind the scenes, I'm I'm having ugly sex and I love it. My orgasms are better. <laughs> I love nothing more. Hair not washed in a week. 
I don't know if I've showered in the day. I just got back from the gym and I'm like, yes, like post hot yoga sex. Yeah. It's like, maybe I don't <laughs> look like, you know, like a, yeah, a little disheveled, but I'm having great sex. I mean, it, it's not like I interview dominatrices and then all of a sudden, like I have my whip out or, you know, I interview someone who's in an open relationship and all of a sudden I'm like, we're going to go fuck everybody. Like it's, it's definitely People think when you are a sex worker or have a sex podcast that you were just a fucking freak. And I'm a lot more like, I love my missionary. Like, it's great. You know, I just because I love to talk about sex doesn't mean I'm like some horny fucking rat roaming around. <laughs> you know, it's, it's exhausting being an influencer as it is. So it's nice to just come home on the couch. Like, we love masturbating next to each other. It's just simple. You get your good O. So I'm, I'm a lot. I'm I'm just not as fucking crazy as people think I am. You made a distinction there when you answered the question that I hadn't realized up until um, this point. I don't know why I just randomly. <laughs> um, when I had asked about sex work, I guess my mind went like escorts, like those types of things where like OnlyFans and, and like the cam girl. I guess because like maybe it's not as much of like aspect. I hadn't kind of grouped them in that same category. And I'm like, well, why hadn't I? So I thought, well, I'd like, love to yeah. jump in. I think virtual sex, po- sex work, the point is that your customer is getting sexual gratification, whether it's physically or virtually. So giving up some pussy in person or putting an iPhone inside your pussy, there's some similar aspects, but there's definitely. It's a privilege to do sex work from home because escorts, prostitutes, whatever you call them, they are the ones who've paved the way for us to have that privilege. I love that. Yeah. Like I said, whenever I asked that question and you had answered, I'm like, oh, well, yeah, that's sex work too. Um, so it, and just something I hadn't really thought about. Well, I thank you I for know bringing that up. It's important. I know people that do OnlyFans and, and stuff like that. And I never looked at them like in that light and I see it now. And like, it's, I don't know. I, I like what you said about prostitutes and escorts kind of paved the way for um it's yeah they went to jail for us they lost their families for us they you know their pimps fucking killed them for us it's it's something that definitely needs to be talked about more i think there's a lot of one percenters that are like "Ooh, i make a million a year and ha 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 like you know I don't, I don't know. They're definitely, I, I think even for me, I, I have a book about how to sell like your dirty panties to people. And yeah, it looks easy, but you need so much fucking motivation and perseverance. Like you can't teach hustle. You're born with it or you're not. So I, I try to normalize that too. Like, look, you can buy my book. It gives you the recipe, but ultimately you have to bake the fucking cake. And if you don't want to, if you want to sit on the couch and not bake it, don't yell at me. Splutterpreneur. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of heavy energy from you oh baby i'm a i'm a scorpio scorpio okay but have you done your full chart you might have capricorn in the 10th house you might have you know some i literally have my chart right here please send it to me i want to take a look at it i will i will your second and 10th houses well my two capricorns are in the 11th my Scorpio's ninth, eighth, eighth, ninth, eighth. It's it's all like ninety percent Scorpio. It's actually fucking terrifying. I'm surprised the people around me are still holding on. <laughs> Is that Neptune and uh, Uranus in Capricorn? Is that what you have? Yes, ma'am. We're the same age. We have those same placements. I've had guys that are like, "I'm a Scorpio." Mm. Is that a deal breaker? I'm like, "Nah, baby." Come I'm on. like, uh, <laughs> "Punch me in the face." <laughs> 
<laughs> Natalie, what's your sign? <laughs> I'm Sagittarius, but I'm on the cusp. So I'm Sagittarius. Cool. I'm like the day that Scorpio ends and Sagittarius starts. Oh. Lucky yeah. you. <laughs> I did my chart. I don't remember it, but like, I know that I do. Oh my God. I sound so. You have your main horoscope, right? And then what's the second? You have your, like your suns and your moons. Those sun. are kind of important. Okay. Suns is, um, sun is Sagittarius. Moon is Capricorn. Oh, cool. Capricorn. Lots yeah. of Sag, Cap, Scorp energy. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I wonder what your rising yeah. is. You'll have to know the birth time for that. Then we have an expert here. Yeah, you're really. Oh, and that's what I'm saying. Don't get her started. I didn't know that Scorpio. I didn't know that people were scared of Scorpios. Actually, I had no idea because my partner was a Scorpio. But um, I can't. I stay away from Cancer boys, especially Cancer bisexual boys. I stay away. Interesting. From. I've had decent luck with Cancers. They end up being a little too emotional for me all my people around me are cancers they're all cancers all of them all my rider dies are cancers i don't it's the i guess it's the water um they can put up with me i'm around a lot of scorpios and leos leos are really friendly serious that makes sense yeah you're gonna stick with those fire signs yeah yeah for romantic partners for you beth taurus cancer virgo For Sagittarius. Tauruses are frightening. They put us in our fucking place. <laughs> You're like, ah, don't tell everyone how I really am. <laughs> Taurus and they like sister signs. So go hmm. opposite. Um, so whereas Taurus focuses uh, the physical, the like, the second half, like finances, resources, like the physical things that you can acquire in life. Scorpio, the eighth house rules kind of like the metaphysical the 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 hidden the the things behind the so it's like a so good it's like mesh very separate energies but balance each other out really well if anyone wants to know they're rising their sun their moons there's a great app called co-star you enter your birthday time you're born and it kind of just lays it out pretty simply because you know everyone's always like what's your rising oh go on do share Cafe astrology <laughs> is the one i recommend that gives you some bomb ass reports and then there's also the pattern which i like and then cheney nichols has a great app i feel like that's like the gateway for astrology mm-hmm. cafe astrology is not an app pattern is yeah pattern's really good i like Cafe astrology is just a website mm-hmm. that would be a great episode like talking about compatibility it'd be a lot to go through all of it but i think Anyone who's ever been with anyone, it's so cool to look up your uh, Zodiac compatibility, especially the Chinese Zodiac as well. Googling like female Scorpio with uh, male cancer, like, et cetera. That always helps. But it kind of gives you like a little insight, I guess, a little reassurance or not. (laughs) Patterns in it. So like, that's why I like to look at it. Because in my dating life, as I've like... I really got into astrology when I was like, you know what? I'm going to start documenting like the ones that I have like great experiences with. And then like the ones that I have like, you know, okay. Or like decent or like, you know, mediocre. And then it's the ones that like really stood out all had like the same signs. And I'll, like, hmm, maybe I should do some more research into this. And then that's when I like deep dove. There, It's a rabbit hole that I have yet to find an exit out of. That's okay. Just like <laughs> sex, literally a hole. Can't get out of. Has your sex life changed any since your pod? I think not so much. Well, okay. So I actually was never into toys. Um, That was just never my thing. I was never into toys. I'm like a very, I don't know. I feel like I'm kind of a selfish partner. So the thing with me is that this is how I've described my relationship with sex. And um, I feel like partners I've been with have been annoyed by this. Is that for me, it feels like an itch that I need to scratch off. Like I'll just, I'll just get horny and I'll be like, great, let's go, let's go fuck. 
Like pretty much. So I'll just go to my partner and just be like, I'm really horny. Can we, do you have a sec? Let's do this. Fuck me. That's how I am. That's generally (laughs) how I am. And it's like, it's kind of, which I think uh, looking back now. So I think working on the podcast, I've like really looked back now and I've just been like, this is probably why I enjoyed one night stands or sleeping with strangers a lot because it was just like the rush of it. Like I also, I also like having sex with like clothes on. I, I just like to the rush of just like, I feel like we're like, I don't know. We have like, 10 minutes until we have to get to class. Let's just fucking do it right here, right now, you know? So I really like that. And so I'm not really one for foreplay, unfortunately. (laughs) So I'm not one for foreplay. I can do play after, you know? We can, like, fool around after. But for me, like, I just, like, if I'm with, um, if I'm with, like, a man, I, like, need the penetration right then, right now. I'm kind of like that. So I'm not really... Like in the movies. Yes. Yes. I don't know what that says about me. I don't know if I watch too many movies, but that's how I really like it. So like when I'm with some, oh God, I mean, it's kind of frustrating because with my partners, if they need more time, you know, I do seem a little impatient and stuff because I just, I don't know. I've just always been that way. So that means I've never really been too much of a fan for toys. And I like, it's funny because like I was talking to a friend about like, she was telling me about her toys and I was like, yeah, I mean, I like tried it once and, you know, I tried it once, wasn't for me. And then, like, when I really thought about it, I was like, dude, the only time I ever bought a vibrator was in 2014. Like, sex toys have, like, come a long way since that. Like, I tried it once, like, 2014, I bought one, tried it, didn't like it, you know? And I totally gave up on it. And obviously, technology has advanced since then. So um, hearing everyone on the, our guests, like, talk about their toys and stuff, I, like, it kind of motivated me to get some toys myself. And I found one that, like, I realized I'm not into, like, vibrators. I'm into, like, forgot what you call them, but the tiny ones that's pretty much just for clitoral stimulation. Like, that's what I'm into, really. Like a wand? So that, yeah, yeah. So, like, that's pretty much what has, like, that's really what's changed. And also it kind of made me, I think, like, with the podcast, it's made me feel not as alone about certain things it's interesting because like one of the questions i always ask is like what was your first experience with yourself and a lot of like i'll hear five six seven year, years old or i'll hear like uh, mostly for women unfortunately i'll hear like 18 20 like i didn't masturbate until i was like 20 so i've heard that before too and i've actually been i've been touching myself since i was six so i always thought that was super fucking weird until i started doing this podcast and hearing from people who are like yeah i've also like you know, masturbated since I was like six. And so I think like it's made me feel less alone and made me feel like, you know, cause like the, the way I feel about sex is kind of how I feel about masturbation as well, where it's like, it's literally like, Oh, I'm hungry. I'm, I need to go make myself something to eat. I'll just be like, Oh, I'm horny. I need to go take care of that. That's just how I am. But yeah, I think that's the only difference really, honestly, is that it makes me feel less alone, but also it just like, it kind of like motivated me to just gift sex toys another, another shot. So yeah. I we have to- some great recommendations yeah. for toys. We did a whole episode on toys. I'm sure um, you do. I own a sex shop. I have a whole warehouse full of dicks. <laughs> <laughs> and thinking about if you like clitoral stimulation, um, I don't know if you like your G-spot getting hit too, but a rabbit would be great so that, it, especially the ones that move inside of you, so it's kind of pounding your G-spot while you're vibrating your clit. And since they're kind of like, you know, the skin is the wall between them two, you're going to get like this mega vibration towards each other. And that kind of orgasm can last twice as long as just a clitoral oh. one. I know, said us <laughs> Shit, put in a butt plug at the same time, girl. Happy birthday. <laughs> mm, I have I not tried my address. Yes, ma'am. Use code slut at thehornystoner.com. <laughs> 
My kinky cannabis queens, come get your freak on and shop the first adult head shop on the internet. TheHornyStoner.com offers the glassware of your dreams. From beginner vibrators to expert anal trainers, enhance your self-pleasure journey. Are you a pothead princess? Wrap yourself in luxury with the gold rolling papers, vintage ashtrays, and stash jars fit for a queen. Make your pussy proud and support your local dildo dealer at thehornystoner.com. Now back to the show. Oh, no, it's no. fine. Plug away. It's a wave. Yeah, that's my roll here. Plug things in. <laughs> No, I'm a Hitachi queen, first orgasm, 17, 18, with a Hitachi. I thought I was going to die once I started feeling that warm-up feeling. Thought I was going to fucking die, and I was kind of okay with it. Sorry, trauma. Guys would fuck me, and I was like, is this what an orgasm is? Great, this sucks. This fucking blows. <laughs> Literally, last was the first time I'd ever felt a Hitachi. Well, I I had a Amazon wish list because I was a cam model. So there was an older gentleman gentleman that was like, have you ever tried a Hitachi? So that that's exactly how I got it. But I never I never was really aroused down there by using my fingers. And I have to use a Hitachi, which is like putting a, a fucking motorboat down there, like a minor earthquake. It's really difficult to go down a level with vibrators it's almost impossible because you are just freezing your clit nerves Mm -hmm. which they regenerate and come back but yeah and they yeah they definitely do but i agree because um i my dom said that more often than not and now like when i use my if i ever try to use my fingers like i don't have any tools Mm -hmm. and i just like give you a shot like i'm like or it takes an hour Exactly, which who has the time for that? Ain't nobody got time for that. But I was laughing because earlier today I was coming home from being, I was with a guy and he had a Theragun and his friend was in town and it was Theragun and I'm like, oh, you can use, you know, I'm like, you can use it. Is it like a massage gun? Yeah. So I, I did that and it created this like pain in my uterus once. It was like I almost cramped myself out. So I haven't done that again. But I it only was did it once. Quite amazing. Quite. And it amazing. wasn't too bad. So, but I was like, yeah, you can definitely use it as a sex toy, mm-hmm. which I I saw a whole article on it recently too, where they were like, the Theragun's practically a sex toy, and I'm like, it is. Any massager, 100. percent Absolutely. Which I mean, the Hitachi was actually originally yeah. marketed For as. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, kids were in the shower using the shower head. I mean, humping their couch. I had no idea. I mean, I grew up very, you know, religious and whatnot. So I think any of that was just like, bad Satan. So <laughs> first thing I ever used I, were my fingers, but my, um, my friend, sexual when in my teens, like when I was 16, 17, I was the first one in my friend group to have sex and all of that. So they all saw me as like a super sexual one. Christmas, one of my friends got me like the little tiny bullet vibrator. And I got so mad and I don't know why I got mad. Like, I think back then it was because I was like, I was still coming to like accept my sexuality and like, it was probably felt like slut shamed a little bit. So, and so when she gave that to me, I was like so offended by it. I used it all the time and it was like fucking amazing. And then I was like, oh my God, where has this been my whole life? I'm like, this is what an orgasm is supposed to feel like. I think I have my wand like right here. <laughs> it's, it's in hand's reach. Look how fucking nasty this is. When you take off, can you see how yellow the head is? It like probably has molded. So I have like this pink little cover I put on it, but I've had this thing for a decade. They barely make them with cords anymore. They have like the cordless ones and they're just not as powerful. 
But this this is the ride or die. If it ever dies, I will die with it. You'd be devastated. I could see that. Me Did and my coffin just like they're I think they're hard to find, like the original ones that were made. I just think they make them differently now. I think they're branded differently. So get on eBay. Original. Would you ever buy a uh, used sex toy? Like from a Would porn star or something? No, like eBay. So like say that got that say that was discontinued and like you were looking for like the OG. Well, you'd find one that's still new in box that you couldn't bo- sell okay. a used one on eBay that would violate their terms for sure. <laughs> oh my, I'm kidding me. <laughs> yeah. If you, I mean, I'm the queen of like selling socks and panties. You can't do that shit on eBay, marketplace, anywhere. You got to go to the undergrounds. Teach me. Do your the under- well, listen to our yeah. podcast. <laughs> yeah. I have a book too. <laughs> I'll answer this first. Wait, are you the older twin? Yeah, you said, I'll answer this first. (laughs) (laughs) There was a reason, a very sub energy, even throughout my day to day. So Nicole tends to lead the pack. Um, uh, So is Nicole Dom energy? I'm a switch. So I'm okay, cool. Yeah, both dominant answer. I'd say with the pod, like before I was actually engaged right before 2021 started and we started the pod in June. But January, what I call ho And then once we started, like, I don't know, I feel like it was very vulnerable for me, like talking about my sex life, but it also t- fun. And it actually think more about like my past experiences, mm. sex and how I want to. I also like accept it, explore my sub side. And the more we learned about it through the podcast, the more I was like, okay, and this is how I want to do it moving forward. So. You know, try new thing. Went to a sex party. I'm playing with women just to see like what it would be like. So things like that, which probably won't include like sexual monogamy, sexually non-monogamous moving forward in the future. I would say for me, at least when we start, when I started the pod was right around the that we kind of like reopened because I mean, a lot of people took a COVID break and we were home. So like we didn't really like explore much of non-monogamy during the pandemic. We like opened back up and I started the podcast. So it was like very congruent with like a time that was also very explorative for me. And so, you know, similar to Kimi's experience, I also went into more like just experiences to see like, you know, cause I, I met people that, you know, and we interviewed guests and whatnot that, you know, talked about like a variety of things. And so, you know, some of made me want to try them more often, like, you know, for example, when we interviewed, um, the funny Dom, which he's a daddy Dom on Instagram you know, just made me more curious about like, you know, a daddy dom little girl dynamic or I became more um, being because we did interview Miss Night Eyes and she's a switch as well like me. So our guests in a way have like all made me want to explore new things. And like I take away things from those episodes that I want to like apply to my sex life. So I feel like I was already exploring quite a bit like the more I learned as I was like doing research for the podcast and doing like, you know, talking with our guests and everything, that's when like everything like just went up tenfold, opened my eyes to like even more. So like other people's experiences. And so like, I'm definitely a voyeur. I definitely like to watch and like see, you know, how people do things, you know, similar to like the how I fuck. And so like, that's kind of how I learned. And so that's what I've been applying to my sex life. I feel like you had a fantastic sex life in 2021. I did. Whole new world. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I had really positive experiences world. with it. 
Oh my god, I want to go to a sex party so bad, but I live in the swamp lands of North Carolina, so I'm not trying to fuck some like fat trucker. <laughs> okay, wait, but but hold. Going to a sex party with you? <laughs> no, seriously. That's the correct answer. <laughs> Nikki and I are going to a sex party in New. We oh, do have cool. we do get plus ones. You're welcome to come. Yeah, it's um, it's hard to travel because I have four pit bulls. They're my canine <gasps> unit. But I I have this fantasy. I think when I was a stripper, I loved people watching me be sexual. So I would love anyone and everyone to watch me fuck. It turns me the oh my god. Sorry. Oh, so you're an <laughs> exhibitionist? Yes, love but that. haven't been to a sex party. Oh, you got to give it a try. Dogs, by the way. Yeah. So. Sex parties, I think, should be an experience that everyone should give a try at some point in their lives. Just because, like, it just kind of of your show, um, Natalie. I'm just like, everyone needs to go see how other people they can just like learn because be like, oh, that looks that try, and you can give it a try there with someone if you want, or you can just be like, we're gonna tuck that away and try it at home with people that we, you know with your partner or like people that you know and love. So like I'm a huge advocate for like everyone going to. I mean, do you, you don't get tested at the door though. Is it just like use condoms? Mm -hmm. Everyone uses condoms. Um, and I mean, everyone's like, I, at least the ones that I've been to. Yeah. Safety is definitely a thing there, but I usually like to get tested after as well. Nice. I, just like, I prefer to go to walk and see and just kind of explore and mingle and whatnot. But I sometimes I just need a little bit more of like a familiarity and there's mm -hmm. not enough time sometimes there to like talk, really get to know someone. So I don't know. But I love a uh, gl glory hole porn. <laughs> I've never <laughs> I've never watched that. The first sex party I went to had a glory hole. Mm, love that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah what you. is it? What is it like going to a sex party? You two together. Ooh. Uh, so. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, I just like so you guys like make sure not to run into each other. Like you're like, I'm gonna take this side of the house <laughs> or and you like the other side of the house. And then everyone's like, Wait, didn't I just have sex in front of you like five minutes ago? Does it get confusing for people? Like yeah. Well and, and Oh my god. We're not gonna do things together. People that you know, they get ideas, we're like, No. You know, we we keep track of each other. It, it, even if I just see her out of the corner of something that I think is sexual, I'm like, I wanna go the other way. <laughs> I'm not like weirded out by it, but I'll just be like, oh, gonna go different letter, have her fun. Hey, bitch. Know. Bye, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Precisely. But that's essentially what it's like. It, it, we just, we keep to different, you know, sides of the. And usually they're pretty big houses. Yeah. yeah. There's enough room. Mm -hmm. There's enough room. Wait, are y'all's vaginas look the same? Our bodies look exactly the exactly same. Exactly the same. Head to toe. We got the same, the same doctor. Same shoe yeah. size, same yep. bra size. Like just copy everything paste. is the exact copy and paste <laughs> <laughs> you know how people ask you if um because of the name of your podcast if you guys do things together do people ask you that a lot before your podcast um yes yeah we still got yeah. that question a lot before the pod too people really um fetishize twins, twins. yeah what situation would you be in where you would consider getting double teamed <laughs> that's what i was saying <laughs> I, you've obviously given it a lot of thought that was a really good diplo the dj was like if you're oh. listening diplo please give us a call hit us up i'm you're already in your dms he is literally oh the only like and I, and I know this because one time is there anyone and immediately we're both like diplo i don't know why gives off such a daddy energy i'm like 
I don't care who was in the room. If it was Nicole right next to you and she was doing things too, I would still be excited. I'd probably just like close my eyes and like, you know. <laughs> but yeah, that's the only person. But thank you for asking. Have you guys ever been in a situation where like, I don't know, you're, someone you were dating started like hinting that they wanted to do something like that? And you're like, oh, well, shit, red flag, I'm leaving. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> I've, actually, I've had a few partners that I, I had one suggest a threesome with the two of us. And I was like, I take it as hurtful when someone mm-hmm. asks me that. Yeah, same. Especially if it's someone I'm dating. So mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, if you. Is it something like you have to say before you kind of meet? Like, hey, I have a twin. Don't fucking ask to double team us. Okay. I have a twin sister and immediately I'll usually be like, and no, we don't do anything together. And they're like, oh, well, and I was going to ask me, <laughs> you can't, she's not going to want to touch you. So don't no. get excited. Yeah. Good. Yeah. And it's like yeah. when, you know, when we're on the apps at the same time and we match with the same dude, usually we'll be like, okay, this yeah. is not a lucky number. So take like the others out of the question. Like, peace out. Do you put in your bio that your twin is on the app? Yes. Like heads up, my <laughs> might have I seen put, me already because my twin's on here. Oh, I think on my Bumble profile, I was like, "If you've matched with my twin, please swipe left. We don't share." Uh, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> See, I, I look in the mirror and I like I get turned on. Like I'd fuck myself. So if I like no, not trying to be like incest, but that would be like a weird thing to like have a copy of me. If that makes sense. I love that you say that because I'm the same way. Like when I look in the mirror, no, it's true. When I look in the mirror, like I get spring is in the air, lovelies, and with it comes a fresh wave of energy, blossoming flowers, and endless possibilities. But you know what puts an extra skip in my step? My fabulous partners at Viahem. Trusted by a whopping 250,000 plus goddesses just like you, Viahem's products are just like a magical wellness wand in a bottle. Feeling a bit frazzled after a hectic day? Cue the Via gummies for instant relaxation. Battling stress and anxiety? Don't worry, there's a gummy for that too. And for those intimate moments, Via has concocted something truly special. High Love Gummies, infused with pleasure-boosting cannabinoids, libido-reviving herbs, and just the right touch of THC, these gummies are your ticket to an electrifying experience between the sheets. But wait, there's more. Via offers an array of other gummies, with or without THC, catering to every goddess's needs. Whether you prefer a subtle 2mg dose or a bolder 50mg kick, Via has your back. From improving sleep to sharpening focus or aiding in recovery, there's a gummy for every occasion. And the cherry on top? You can easily browse and shop their collection online, categorized by strength and effect. And here's the best part, darling. Via ships discreetly to all 50 states, right to your doorstep. No medical card needed. So go ahead, indulge in a little self-care spree with Via Hemp, because you deserve nothing but the best, goddess. Head over to viahemp.com and use code goddess to receive 15% off and one free sample of their award-winning gummies 21 and up only that's viahemp v-i-i-a-h-e-m-p.com and use code goddess at checkout please support our show and tell them we sent you take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from viahemp now back to the show it really turned on and like i definitely like can appreciate <clears throat> cami's like one of the most beautiful things on this earth 
Um, and like, you know, I, I definitely recognize like the, her beauty and like sexiness and everything, but it's still one of those things where it's like, she's half. So it's like an yeah. extension of me. So it's very, uh, it's, it's like weird, but that makes sense. Um, but yeah, but I'm the same way. I don't know. Is that, is that maybe like theme in people who host sex podcasts? They like have this, like you turn sense. yourself on. Yeah. Like I'm curious. Cause I definitely it's probably a confidence thing. Yeah. No, it does. Mm-hmm. Let's say. Yeah curious about have you guys had like like i don't know if you have like friends or family that listen to like your podcast but has that like either caused like awkward conversations or like have friends like been more like flirty with you when we opened up as non-monogamous like one of our things was like we'll never have sex with friends lots of people and we're and that's like always great for us and then well, I f- wait, I would say you have two different groups of friends, the friends you'd fuck and the friends you'd never. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those are like, yeah, absolutely. And so like the friends we'd never fuck, like those stay in that group. I feel like ever since we started like the podcast, like friends or like friends, friends of acquaintances and such, like suddenly get like very flirty and they like think, cause I'm like super open about my sexuality that like, fuck anyone. And you know, they're suddenly on the table and I'm like, no, or I mean, it's definitely like, then people like friends yeah i'm pretty open with my friends about my sex life but things about me i know about like that side of you and so like i don't know, it's a lot of very interesting conversations with people i know so i'm curious about y'all's experiences so uh, i don't really talk about my sex life on my podcast because i'm interviewing people about their sex life i will say that i think like my guests are i like i suspect my guests are a little surprised when they get on the call with me because I think they're expecting me to just be, I, I don't know, like I'm pretty, like I'm, I'm monogamous. I tried, I opened a relationship once a while ago. Didn't work out for me. So there's that. I'm not really kinky. Like I explained, like, I'm just like, <laughs> like my, I don't know. My approach to sex is pretty different from like my guests. I will say that like, I think some of my guests, if I'm like trying to book someone, like they think that, I don't know. I mean, like, for example, like I had this situation with like, um, I was trying to find someone to do an episode about having a micro penis. Fuck, like that was so hard to find. It was so hard to find someone with a micro penis. And I was like, there's got to be an adult performer out there who has a micro penis who's showing that off. And I was not able to find someone because like whenever I'm looking for someone and I'm like, there's got to be an adult performer who is like, you know, representation. I'm representing this, you know, um, you, that's usually, um, how sometimes I'll work out while well, I'll find someone like that, but not this time. And so I was like on Reddit looking at like small dicks on there and just like trying to see if I can, like, will you be on my show? And so just a couple, I mean, like, I don't know. I just had like that whole experience of trying to find someone for the micro penis episode was just very strange. Cause I think like, because I'm approaching them about like, I want to talk about your dick on the, on the pod like well not just about your dick but i want to talk about your sex life and stuff like that you know i mean it would just get kind of weird like i like this this one person that was pre-interviewing was just like he didn't really have a micro penis really like i like he said he did i got on the phone with him and then he told like he explained it to me he's like he he tries to make it smaller he can actually push it in and i was just like well that's not a micro penis that's like magic trick i don't know like that's not that's not what i'm looking for you know but then he still would kind of like text me and still be like i mean like can we still talk even if it's not for the podcast like can we still so i've gotten like i've i've had a couple people who like i've reached out out to for like interviews who are like guests who i think like they think because i want to talk to them about their sex life that like i want to talk to them like 
in my free time. Like I want to get dick pics or I want to like, you know, like those kind of situations. So that's like the closest thing. Like my friends listen to it, but because I'm not really talking about my sex life, like they'll listen to it, but then I don't think they see me any different. I mean, I've had a couple of friends who've been like, yeah, it makes me uncomfortable, but I wonder why it makes me uncomfortable. Like I start reflecting why, like why the fuck does this make me uncomfortable? You know? So I've had friends Mm -hmm. tell me that. And in terms of family, I have no idea. I have a huge family and I doubt any of them listen to it. I don't know. I don't know. I think that'd be, yeah, I'm not sure. No one has ever, no one from my family has ever said that they listened to it, but like my dad and my stepmom are pretty proud of it. My stepmom actually just told, like she was at some um, class, like some fitness class and she like ran into people that we knew, like, like they knew, they know me. And so they're like, yeah, Natalie's in podcasting. Like she actually, she, in her like day job, but also she has her own podcast and they're like, oh, what's it called? And they're like, how I fuck. And they were like, oh my God, like she's just talking about how she has sex all the time. (laughs) And they're like, no, 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 no. She had to like explain it really because they were just a little shocked that like they thought that, I don't know, that I was on there talking about myself all the time, but that's not the situation. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that's just really what it's, it's been like. I think mostly it's just guests who think that I'm like super, I don't know, that like we can continue- Yeah, that we can, you know, like, even if I don't interview them, they're just like, well, you must be interested in me somehow, you know, because you want to talk about my dick or something. Yeah. And I just want to throw vanilla is your game. Own it, hun. Yeah, like, there's nothing wrong with vanilla. I, yeah, it is. Power yeah, to no. <laughs> there's yeah. a reason everybody does it. <laughs> yeah, there is a reason. No, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty, yeah, I'm been like listening to it and stuff. Like, I never feel like, oh, shit, like, like, I mean, sometimes I feel like, oh, I can maybe try it, but I really, it's just not in my wheelhouse, really. I'm just pretty vanilla and I'm pretty monogamous. Um, I am bisexual. I do miss women. I miss women a lot. I'm not going to lie about that. Um, I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means like later on, like I would open my relationship so I can be with women again. That's something that my partner and I kind of talked about at the beginning of our relationship. Cause he actually said like, he was just like, you know, I have a friend who's bi and she was just later on in her marriage. She was just like, I, we need to open this up cause I need to like be with women. And I was like, I was almost like insulted by that. Like I was just like, no, because like, it's not like, it's not like a different flavor I need to try or like, I don't know. I felt like I was like kind of objectifying women, you know, like I need to, you know, I'm just like, no, like I I, you know, and then after a while, it's just like, okay, no, that that actually does make sense. It does make sense. So, yeah. So rephrase the question one more time. I want to, I've been digesting this. (laughs) No, 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 you're good. So basically like as, you know, like family, friends or people know that listen to the podcast, um, has that sparked any weird conversations? Has that like, you know, given them kind of like, uh, I don't know, maybe like a false narrative of like, you know, mm-hmm. what like you're into or like what, boundaries yeah. changing, things like that. Um, the example that I used was that like, I feel like whenever I started my podcast, like I had friends that were suddenly like, oh, sex, like I'm interested. And then I'm like, no, 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 that's not yeah. any weird conversations. Yeah. <clears throat> or, yeah with well, friends. I think in, in general, um, on social media, I am an exaggeration of who I am in real life. So when people meet me and I have a little bit more of like a calm demeanor or like, you know, I'm a business owner, so it's not all fucking butterflies all the time. So I think that kind of confuses people sometimes just generally. But as far as the sex work, as far as the podcast, I definitely know there's people from high school or people from back home who follow me on OnlyFans and I don't blame them. Did have one traumatic experience of someone saying that 
they were just beating around the bush of who they were and kind of taunting me about it on OnlyFans. And that kind of kept me up at night a little bit. My TikTok account, I have over a million followers. So at Thanksgiving, when my cousins were like, yeah, I saw your TikTok about how you sell toenails to people. And I was just like, ah! you know, it's it's funny. I think people laugh because it makes them uncomfortable. But I'm at this stage in my life where I literally don't give two shits about what people think about me. And I, I kind of like watching and dissecting people who are judging me because it 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 really makes me curious as to why. And then I kind of put them in their place when I explain like, oh, sex work is real work. And it's, you know, it's it's an act. It's not like, you know, especially on OnlyFans, it's not necessarily who I am because you are putting out content to sell. It's not authentically you versus the podcast. But my mom, my brother, they've both been on the podcast. They're both super sex positive. And it's funny because at the end of interviewing my mom, I said, hey, mom, by the way, I saw my dirty panties on the Internet. What do you think about that? And she's just like, oh, Anna, you've always been an entrepreneur. I'm not surprised. And then my brother at the end of his podcast, I'm like, by the way, I'm one percenter on OnlyFans. And he's like, dear fucking God damn it, whatever. <laughs> and um. As far as my book, there are nudes in the book, so I can't necessarily give a copy to everyone in my family. And that's kind of weird because I do really want to share the book with them. But in my work life, I have employees who I think we had like a Google Drive one time that wasn't organized. And I, I had some of my OnlyFans stuff on there because of my manager, yada, yada. So I definitely uh, moved someone to Charlotte to work for me, or I'm sorry, to Wilmington from Greensboro. And uh, you, you guys probably don't know what these towns are. <laughs> no, I know them. I know Greensboro. She, um, she was, she texted me and was like, um, I think you need to reorganize your drive because I definitely just saw you like spreading your butthole wide open. So there's been some really fun times at work, (laughs) but I own it. I talk about it. It's literally, it's just my body. So at this point I, I have nothing to hide and I don't know, life, life's a movie, be the main character, show your tits, make money. (laughs) Need five grand for mine. I'm like the world should see them. <laughs> it's like my life is like a beautiful clusterfuck sometimes, and I love talking about it because a lot of people will never get to experience the the fuckery that I do. I definitely think that when it comes to you know talking about life and being very open with your sexuality, you do get kind of to that level of you know I don't give a. F- that's you know definitely how I you have to yeah you have to that's how you get there yeah. Well, I just thought about like that time that you said, you know, something that like kept you up at night. The number of times that I've been like, like, should I cut that out or should I? Mm -hmm. Usually I end up like almost always the route is fuck it. I'm just going to leave it in there. Like it's just me being. But like there there is always those moments where you're like occasionally hit those moments where you second guess your. And you're like, well, maybe I should censor myself some. And then you're like, well, why? Do y'all listen back to your episodes? Because I don't. (laughs) Oh, I do. Yeah. (laughs) I definitely do. But by the time like it goes out, I've listened to it like three, four, five. Ugh. I want to hear this again. The The other day I was editing our most recent episode because um, I we like to go through, put in our own edits and then send it to our editor. And by the time I was done listening to it, I was like, I ugh, like ripped my hair. I was like, I'm so frustrated. I've listened to this part 10 times. What about you, Natalie? I listened to it once and I don't ever listen to it again. I just yeah. listened to it once. Yeah. 
because I, because it's there, it's like narration plus like the interview and stuff. And like I put in like original music. So I like sound design, like all that jazz. So I'll listen to it for that purpose of just like, are there any like issues with it? But then I just like never listen to it again. I like never want to listen to my episodes again. But Once during- they're released, I don't even think about it anymore. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. We did episodes. I'm like, and the, or I'll be in another episode and I'm like, did I? <laughs> totally forgot about that. Yeah, right. Seriously. <laughs> Hey sluts, just a sweet reminder, if you'd like to support the show and wear your Slutpreneur badge proudly, check out all of our merch at professionalgoddess.com. Are you tired of TikTok being a complete cocksucker? Check out our new shirt that says, my existence violates the community guidelines. Or make a statement in the money makes me come crop top. Or maybe you want to spoil a loved one. Grab the big dick energy dad cap and use code slut for 10% off. And now back to the show, my darlings. Are you ever worried about, and maybe this is, I don't I mean, like, are you ever worried that you're going to get called out on something? Like, I yes. think every time I like publish an episode, I'm always like, I'm like, is this the episode where I get like called out on something? Like someone like, well, there was an episode where that happened and I knew that that was going to happen. But pretty much any other episode, I'm just like, did I go too far? Did I do something? Did I use the wrong terminology? Or like, what could this offend someone? They want us to be vulnerable and authentic, but they won't accept when we're human and make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Can you say that one more time? <laughs> Like a little louder for the people in the back. <sighs> it's you give them everything. And if it's not enough or it's too little, they, they just, they break you down and, and tear you apart. And then everyone around you says not to care. Like, yeah. what the fuck? I'm already, I'm here because I care and I care what my listeners think. And I take what my audience tells me to better myself. So it all fucking hurts. And you're literally just laying yourself out on the table naked and people are just picking and poking at you when you don't even ask them to, to. And then you have to act like you don't hear them when you want to hear them. Like it's, it's so fucked up on so many levels and no one can relate unless you are in this room right now. Yeah, no, I agree completely. Yeah. I, I always think of like a couple things where that eventually get me to the point of like, not everything you say will be so perfectly worded that every person will agree with you. like absolutely yes people are going to disagree with you and then b it's kind of like what you said earlier like you know your friends it like made them uncomfortable i'm like or you know is it making bringing up an projection yeah projection mm-hmm. something like that it's really your issue not necessarily like something that i said we're just being honest and vulnerable but like we're human we make mistakes like that's gonna happen yeah do i worry Say something and like really upset people absolutely like yeah i don't want to upset anyone that's never my intention i'm just being myself here it's not always going to be received so perfectly i'd love to ask natalie because i'm sure you interview people who what's it called like daddy baby girl or like different kinks that might come to people as like extremely wrong like in earlier we're talking about like incest but then like there's people who watch videos about like their mom fucking their son or something like i think we're already talking about kinks that could be wrong in real life but we're talking about using them like consensually and safe and there's this weird gray area of of being like canceled in between that I I try to like navigate those waters. So I feel like as an interviewer, Natalie, like it's kind of easier to not easier, but you just kind of navigate the questions versus maybe popping your opinions in there. I'm I'm curious what your experience is with that. 
I mean, we did interview, I interviewed Rachel Steele, who, like I mentioned earlier, was kind of like a, a professional MILF. And then, so for me, like, I, um, I mean, she knows what she's talking about. She's been in the game for a while. And so, I mean, like, I made sure to kind of like ask that question of just like, you know, like, this is like what you're kind of promoting is like these scenarios of like incest and stuff. Like, what's your opinion on that? And so she shared that. So like, I made sure to like, kind of like ask those questions or address like that, like the, maybe the gray area where it's like, it could be controversial or like maybe Mm -hmm. people like have been like uncomfortable because of that. I had Buck Angel on the show actually. And I think that's the only episode where I got a lot of criticism. Like a lot of people didn't want him on the show. Who was he? He is a trans male uh, adult performer. He's actually, been performing forever and i read i met him on a different job a couple like years ago i met him i actually didn't know he was an adult performer until i went to like his place to go scope out for like a video that we were going to shoot and i saw a bunch of like sex like sex toys he has his own line of sex toys and i was like oh i actually didn't know this about you so um i thought he was really incredible he's like super outgoing and stuff and like he um he creates sex toys for like for trans men really so, so like, important so important. it's so important yeah he has this thing that looks like a beauty blender that <gasps> like you can uh like trans men can put on their clitoris and just um, wait feel like they're name? jerking off a uh, buck angel yeah so he's great and like. then i think a year later from following him on twitter he's just started he's a controversial figure so like i think a year into like me following him on Instagram and like Twitter, I started noticing that he was really kind of stirring the pot on there. Like he, um, he goes by, he's identifies as transsexual, not transgender. And he does think that there is a difference between people who have gotten surgery and people who have not. So it has really upset transgender people for good reason, for really, really good reason. I felt like it was, I just, I wanted to interview him because he has been, he was like one of the first, um, uh, female to male surgeries in Los Angeles. Like back, like he's from West Hollywood. He's from the area. So he was one of the first ones to have that surgery and he was a sex worker and he was on the streets trying to survive. And so he had such an interesting story and his sex toys, I felt like were like super unique and it was addressing a problem. Like I never even considered, like I never thought of that, yeah. you know, that like a trans, like say like you're a trans man who's, you know, you, you want to feel like you're jerking off, right? That's that's so important. And as someone who sells sex toys, we we get criticism if we talk about dicks and the, using the wrong terms, etc. Because so many of our products can be used for trans people, so it's definitely so important to make note of that because that community is it's not normalized to have tools. When I feel like they're the community that that desires tools the most, in mm-hmm. a sense. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I totally agree. That's why I felt like it was important to talk to him about yeah. it. I mean, obviously, I put a disclaimer at the top that like his views are not like views that we've shared, that we share. And uh, yeah, people were pretty kind of like mad in the comment section that we were giving him a platform, you know, but would I do that again? I'm not exactly sure if I would do that again, you know, because like making these episodes like take a while. But at the same time, I'm so glad that you went ahead and did it because because uh, God, I don't know. I mean, like, he has an interesting story. He understands the issues. He really, really does. And who knows? Like, I'm sure that there are other like trans um, adult performers who are addressing this. That I'm not aware of, but like his way of like telling his story, the things that he has gone through, I like kind of I push back on there. You know, like I push like mm-hmm. he believes that 
like he believes that like trans kids should definitely take like a year before they decide like they should really go to therapy and really really take a while to decide before they transition and i kind of like pushed back with that because i was just like well like didn't she tell me that like you like try to commit suicide like two or three times because you couldn't take it like you couldn't take being in that body so like what makes you know like then why are you saying that you know trans kids right now should take should take a while before making that decision you know like when you yourself said that you were struggling so hard so hard that you wanted to die so i pushed back in that you know and he and he is very uh he is very welcoming of that he really is i mean I like think, yeah yeah th- that's important because why would we just sugarcoat everything like i think a it, it also intrigues the listener to even like combative conversations like they don't always have to be good like it's like reality show like people want to watch a slow car crash sometimes so there's mm-hmm. definitely something there's a gain to that but it's it's also it's important to have those hard conversations be- in those thought processes because where else are we gonna gonna listen to that yeah it yeah, can't always be peaches yeah. and cream yeah i was gonna say like that's why when i you know creators all the time like you see it on tiktok too and you know other platforms everyone you know no one wants to get canceled you know have like a bad public image or anything like that and like yeah you don't want to be a shitty person or do shitty things but when it comes to like having conversations that are you know you that's how you get people talking about things that's how you get you know people to stop and like be with themselves and like okay you know how does it affect others how can i change like like my viewpoint and all that so like i think it's important so that people can like decide for themselves and if they don't stand on the same side as someone else like that's fine it doesn't mean that you know we all need to you know hate each other for it and so i i think it's great that you did an episode you know even if he was kind of a controversial figure the whole like oh it's giving him a platform it's like well no having a conversation and maybe it will spark some debate and that'll give you an opportunity to think about it. But that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it was pretty good practice for, I mean, there's things that I want to explore that I have not like that. Like there's guests that I want to interview that I have, like, I'm just like maybe one day and like maybe one day in a couple years and people are a little more open to it. I mean, um, I know like for sure that I do want to, the MILF episode really got me thinking about like, you know, people who are like, like adult babies and stuff like that, or people who are in like daddy daughter kind of like dynamics. And I want to explore that. I want to find guests like that. Something that is extremely taboo. I am curious about um, people who have like people who are pretty much pedophiles, but don't act on it because there is a community of people like that who are like, I, these are my urges, but I have not done anything about it. And they're like, I've researched on this of just like, of like, whether this is like a mental disorder, whether this is something that people like truly like these thoughts and stuff, they can't control, but they don't act on it. So like, for me, I'm curious, like, what that must be like, yeah, what what must that be like to live through life, having these urges that would endanger someone else and not, you know, not acting well, out it's, on them. It's completely natural. I saw a documentary of how even older people just have desires to be younger in general. Like we normalize that youth is beauty. So mm-hmm. society doesn't make it easier. But I had someone buy my panties. I always look up their address when I'm shipping to make sure it'll get there. I Googled the address and it was a guy that literally was on what's the fucking show called where the cops pretend to be oh, a kid to catch a predator? Something very 
similar. Um, the cops did this, found him in a parking lot and arrested him. So he was a pedophile. <laughs> and I Googled his address and I was like, oh my God, he's buying my panties. And then I was like, should I be happy that he's safely executing his desires, like not in an illegal form? Because I definitely don't advertise myself as a kid. I'm like yeah. tattooed college girl, you know? But it definitely made me think heavily about that scenario. Like, should I applaud him or should I not send this sick man my panties? But I don't see any of my clients as sick because they are consensually getting a service. Um, they're safely doing it. They're not abusing women for free. So when people are like, it's weird, you sell your trash. And I'm like, who are you? Like, I admire this guy who came out of the closet and said he likes to worship trash. Like, and he's helping me pay my bills. Like, fuck you for shitting on him when you probably secretly do some shit that you won't tell anyone about. Like, hello, projection. So d definitely, I think that's extremely interesting. And I admire you so much, Natalie, for thinking about these things and putting them on a public form. I love that you brought it up, like, honestly, um, just because it makes me think we all intrusive thoughts and i remember like reading you know how about a therapist um they were like asking a group of therapists like what do you wish people knew we all have fucked up thoughts about like you know pushing someone like in front of a train or sexual things like that's normal it's like what it's like you said natalie whether or not you act on them that like age play and stuff like that and so like for the people that are willing to explore it very vulnerable thing especially if you're open about it just because it is one that that a lot of people struggle with how much porn out there is like stepmom? All these weird porn categories. Why? Because people have those and thoughts. When you go to the porn site, literally teen is like one of the first categories. Mm -hmm. Teen. And these girls look like they're literally 12 years old. And like, and they're wearing like fucking baby doll clothes, you know, yeah. like little onesies yeah. and pigtails and stuff. So people, you know, it, it's a, it's such hard waters to navigate. Yeah. And to your it point, is, but like, like what you're saying is like the people are the people who are looking that up, people who do desire girls that young, they're, they're choosing to then like me to feed that, that desire by watching that, watching like an older woman who looks young, pretend being young, as opposed to going out there and hurting an actual young woman. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't, I don't think it's wrong to like watch that kind of porn if it gets you off. Cause it, yeah, it's much better. Or like the the acting on it actually doing it. maybe that's where you draw that line of like does the monster or man and you run deepest and so it's like the monster wants those weird taboo things that should not be done and then the man in you is like this is wrong i'm not going to mm -hmm. do it but let me find an outlet that allows me to explore that safely and without actually letting the monster run free even with bondage like i I enjoy serial killer documentaries. I'm fascinated by sociopaths, et cetera. So with like sadism, with people getting pleasure from inflicting pain on others, it's again, huge gray area of, you know, serial killers actually doing that in person versus people experimenting with bondage. I, I think those are kind of on a similar scale and, you know, when I'm watching these documentaries, shit gets so fucked up and I'm like, dude, I, I, my mind just gets blown with those concepts sometimes. Well, I mean, I can relate to that in the sense that knife play, I love having a knife dragged along my body, like not actually cutting me in a safe space, obviously. Like I've, yeah. I've only ever let my, my two doms do it. 
you know, or like even like across like my parts. I love how you said my two doms. Yes, bitch. (laughs) And then, you know, I too have, you know, I, as a switch, I can at times be a little bit of a sadist in that I, sometimes Mm -hmm. I I do like inflicting that pain, but I also see the Mm -hmm. other as the other side of it, the other aspect of like in receiving that pain. So I understand like it brings them pleasure. It's a safe space. We have a, a structure and a framework to explore this. In, in the kink world, CNC, which is consensual non-consent, which is basically like rape fantasies, mm-hmm. is huge. Everyone agrees about it. and But it's taboo, super taboo. Like no one wants mm-hmm. to talk about it because like, oh, as a woman, you're not want to be treated that way. I really enjoy getting fucked while I'm asleep. And some people, I've actually recently heard someone who was like, yeah, I you know, the guy I'm with, he just wakes up at 2am and wants to fuck me. And I'm like, literally trying to sleep and it, it bothers me. And you know, I, I want to tell him to stop. And, you know, in my eyes, I'm like, Oh, my God, fuck me all night while I'm asleep. But it's again, just like you said, setting those boundaries. And I told, you know, told my guy long ago, like, if you ever have a heart on your sleep, like, by all means, bring it on over. <laughs> um, but again, I think those those boundaries and, and talking about that, especially when it comes to those kind of scenarios. And again, being a woman, you're like, do I need to take his dick for the sake of me really liking him and wanting to be his boyfriend, etc. And you can absolutely say no at any point. You can say no right when it, you know, mid during No, I was going to say, like, I like being a little submissive. Probably very controversial, the fact that I like acting like a little child in bed. Fun for me. Like, I I love it. I like being like a little daddy's girl when I'm... Little fuck toy. It's a safe space for your energy. And, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes I think about it and I'm like, like, damn, that's... Is it fucked up? You know, like... I mentioned it in a a recent episode. I uh, hooked up with a surgeon a couple times and he mentioned a scalpel and I was like, turned on i was like please bring it next time he was like okay (laughs) i mean doctor patient school uh teacher student it's it's all all the kink play all the stuff like if there's a consensual safe space for you know people to explore those dark corners of their mind like you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I think we should champion for those safe spaces more often than not. So yeah, if it's stepmom porn, you know, on Pornhub, then that's better than you like forcing, you know, yourself on like a family member or something like that. I've had well a partner said. who really liked um, when I would cry, would really turn him on. It, it would give him a chance to baby me. <laughs> he really enjoyed that. Yeah, I I think the more people that or the more that people talk about the things that they're into, the more they'd probably realize like it's not so weird. The girl that at the orgy, like um, her openness and like vulnerability and talking about her king, she was like, I like bestiality and I'm like, animals can't consent. She was like, No, 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 I'm gonna pretend I'm a cat and you're gonna pretend uh, you're a human. And I'm like, Okay. And so she's like, and see, I'm like that. Uh, that's a huge trigger for me. The fact that bestiality porn is on the internet and that it's not legal. And <gasps> as an advocate for animal rights, I, I have a, a startup animal rescue. It is extremely triggering to me. I had a friend who told me she was into it and like put peanut butter on herself and stuff and didn't see any harm in it. Maybe someone's listening that does, but it 
fucking irks me and i don't like where's the line drawn like does the law get to create where it's drawn you know animals don't have a voice you know well, that's what i'm saying that's not people have horse cocks and stuff you know like if you're using a fake horse cock like for me i'm fine with that but if you're actively going out to like fuck horses or something like i don't No, and that- when it comes to animals i i'm sorry but that is where i will draw a line Animals Wait, what about you, Natalie? What are your thoughts immediately? No, no. And also okay. when you brought up the horse <laughs> thing, it reminded me of that. <laughs> yeah, you know about that documentary about that guy who was like, the always oh, getting fucked by a horse and it killed him. The horse stick literally killed him. Good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad. Yeah. Thank God. Have y'all seen a horse stick? Huge. <sighs> massive. But that's what I'm saying. Animals can't consent. So like, but that's also, why they don't mm-hmm. even understand what's going on. And there's definitely consent. a lot of like cat cat cosplay stuff going on. Well, my friend told me, and then I was like, dude, are you fucking doing that to my dogs? Like, Were they ha- house-sitting your dog? Had they ever ha- house-sitted? Yeah, she she was a longtime friend, just got super drunk and told me, like, that was her thing. And it I never, like, mentioned it with her again. Um, but, like, a year ago, my dog kept licking his balls. <laughs> I don't know why. Like, it was, it was a constant thing. So I just did a quick Google. Like, my dog won't stop licking his balls. Like, and then, of course, it's, like, fucking ball dog porn everywhere. And it, like... It it freaked me out so – I mean, I knew that was real, but, like, seeing kind of imagery of that and, you know, this whole, like, farm porn thing and people making money off of it. I mean, it's just as fucked up as dog fighting is. Um, yeah. So it's, it's just something I'm really passionate about is – okay, so sex work in general is something that there's not a lot of rights in general. You know, it's policed. It's political. Yeah, it's just an uphill battle. And I feel the exact same way with dogs. You know, they don't have rights, you know, euthanize animal abusers. That's my whole thing. Um, But but that's all I have to say about it. So like it needs to be in a consenting environment. Well, how like, how would you safely do that? You know, that's another thing. Like, are you going to watch bestiality porn and when an animal is being abused? You know, it's a hard concept. But then are you saving an animal by watching it? Yeah, they're not consenting. There's a demand for it. It's not ethical. Yeah. yeah, like if even if you watch it, like there's a demand for it, then you're adding to the problem. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So how would you like safely execute that dark part in your mind? You know, would you just think about it while you masturbate? Stuffed bear. Yeah. <laughs> or oh god, like, yeah, I was gonna say like get there. You go in the teddy bear or something. Yeah. There, there you go. go. You know what? You might have just saved an animal's life right there. Yeah. No, you know, the fucked up thing is, and I was like, is this a business model? <laughs> yeah. Well, like, uh, I don't know. Uh, sex, like animal sex dolls. I don't know. Is that a thing? Does that Probably. Probably. Well, at least they're like, you know. If there's horse cocks, there's more. Yeah. Then they're probably just taking it out on a, on a pretend animal. So that's better than an actual animal. So that's a good, like. I, I remember when the whole uh, when um, that news came out about like the sex dolls that were like that looked like children, you know, and people were really upset about that. But I was kind of like, yes, weird. Oh my god, that's it's terrifying. Sure, but also, is it better that they're you know real you know relieving themselves on that as opposed to an actual child? I think this is an such an important conversation, and I'm actually really proud that we're having this, even no, though I it probably too. feels extremely weird. And I definitely know, <laughs> but we're the people to do it because we're the safe space. Is, yeah. A, this is a safe space. B, we're all comfortable. 
you know, delving into these topics because yeah, when you, when you venture into sexuality, there are dark corners. That's one thing about, especially kink, I would say, which is you to face some of those, um, corners. I read a book that had some knife play in it and I was reading it and I turned on and I was like, does this make me like a really fucked up person? Well, what about like putting a gun in your mouth or like a loaded gun? No, no. The table. That's all. Um, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just like you, you, when you're in kink, you just kind of have to look at it and be like, okay, well, I can decide for myself. Do you, like, what is do this? you like the pinwheels? Yeah. Why does this turn me on? What turns me on? Those things. Yeah. I think it'd be great if people started like journaling about what, what gets them going, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Body yeah. Dissect your or... porn history. Yeah. yeah. And like take a look back and just think about like the things that you liked before. I mean like the my recent guest was like I was really into my aunt's pantyhose. Like whenever she wore pantyhose, I always wanted to touch it and stuff. And he's like a professional male dom right now. So he was like, I think that kind of spoke these little things when I was a kid, kind of like I there were like hints, like there were uh, clues that I was gonna be into this stuff, like when I was an adult. Yeah, and it goes into the daddy issues realm. You know, my dad left when I was nine, and now I'm with a guy who's like 44. He's twice my age and fucking turns me on. I love when he treats me like a little shit. Was he like <laughs> the I, wine's I, kicking in? <laughs> no, I also tend to go for older men, um, and I also have daddy issues, so I can relate on that point. But I don't um, shame myself for it anymore. No. I'm like, I missed out on that. Now I have it. And it has a massive dick, too. It's great. <laughs> I love that. We're proud of you. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanking the universe for loving you in such a way. Um, oh, thank you. Well, you're the one who goes to sex parties, bitch. <laughs> um, Natalie, <laughs> soon. Yeah, well, soon. Well, soon. Okay. Soon. Well, before right. soon. NYC. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but Natalie, I was going to say, I, I like that the breadcrumbing because, you know, for him, you know, he, he looked at things that kind of influenced his sexuality from such a young age. And like people forget, mm-hmm. like our sexuality start being influenced pretty much by the time we are able to like process memories and like, and have co- like conscious, whether we like it or not, like there are going to be things that even as children. You know, like I remember when I was six and grandma fell asleep oh, yeah. and that scene came on, you know, and everything. And I was like, what's going on? Like, see, that's what I'm saying. Like from a young age, those things start to influence you. And so mm-hmm. kind of like Kimmy said, you know, people need to take the time to kind of like look at the things that they remember that kind of like spoke to them or influenced them or like started their sexuality and like really like get introspective with it, get deep, face it and be like, okay, what is this? Is this something that I want or need? Like all those things. And that's what I hope is like give people an opportunity to talk about sex, listen to others, share their experiences. You know, like I said, I'm more than happy to talk about all the weird things I'm into because like if someone else is like, oh, I'm kind of into that too. Oh, okay. Like that. I hope sex podcasts give people an opportunity to get introspective with themselves after hearing others talk about their experiences. And yeah, at least for me, like that's my goal. I want people to you know, kind of, I want to inspire people more open with their sexuality, take a look at it, pick it apart and then decide for themselves. Like, this is what I want. This isn't what I want. Same with like monogamy. And if you don't like monogamy, that's fine. Take a look at non-monogamy. You can give it a try. Don't listen to what society says. Decide for yourself what you like, what works for you, all those things. And so, and I'm sure, you know, like you're a guest with y'all's podcast too. Like what's wrong with monetizing your sexuality? Absolutely nothing. 
We all sell our bodies in different ways. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Some of us do it for free. (laughs) (laughs) That's the goal. I think we all are on a, we all have a similar mission. Society does a really shitty job at teaching us. Where am I going? Oh, I landed here. Penetration. Yay. Like that's it. Well, I think that leads to our last question of what producing a sex podcast has been like with the high and lows. And just this last hard conversation is such a high for me because I can, you know, turn off my mic after this and feel like, wow, I did something good for the world. And that's where I get the highs. As far as the only low for me is not recording enough. The it takes such a positive mental health space to sit down and record. And whenever I'm in a low I just can't. I mean, I took like a, I felt like a two month hiatus lately. And it's just, it's difficult to be vulnerable sometimes, even with my YouTube channel. It's hard to be like, Hey, welcome back to my YouTube channel. It's just, it takes a whole lot to put yourself on a hundred percent. So I've been kind of doing some different type of episodes where I'm not as happy and jumpy and just again, being my authentic self, but it's definitely, it's a roller coaster and it's a, a verbal diary, but I wouldn't change it for the world. Even if I get canceled, I will appreciate all the lives that I've changed and all the women that I've helped create a whole new side hustle. Anyone who it helps explore their sexuality and engaging with other podcast hosts like you guys who are like-minded, uh, sex-positive individuals. We have such a large community that doesn't have a voice. It's a huge responsibility. It's a necessary and... That's that's what I feel like it's been producing a podcast. Natalie, what about you? Yeah. Um, I mean, and Lowe's, uh, you know, having guests, potential guests, guests be a little creepy with me, you know, also finding people. Um, I'm the more and more creative I get in like, oh, I wonder how this person fucks. Um, the harder it gets to book people, really. Uh, like I said, the micropenis one, it was very, very hard to book. It really, really was. It got to the point where I was like, should I reach out to people that I've slept with? And I was like, no, don't do that. That's unethical. <laughs> don't do that. Don't be like, I remember we hooked up once and you had a micropenis. Would you want to be on the show? Uh, but I think like booking guests is like the hardest part. And then also when guests get a little weird <clears throat> with me outside of the podcast, that also, you know, like boundaries, but like definitely a high. I mean, like uh, a couple of days ago, I got a message on Instagram, like someone thinking, me for the podcast like thank you so much for having this like i've learned so much i really really have like had a couple people who like really thanked me for we did an episode with a thruple like they really helped them they were like kind of like already having those um discussions with their partner about opening up their marriage and maybe adding a a third and stuff and that was a push that they needed that's what they told me so you know whenever i get messages like that i'm like oh it's all worth it you know i mean it's all like you know to what anna said about it taking a lot of time. I mean, these, yeah, it takes a lot of time to do these, to book people, to edit all of that. But um, yeah, when I get those messages, it makes it all worth it. I would agree. Yeah, sometimes we aren't in the mood to record. Um, and so mm-hmm. don't because I'm like, we're going to listen to another day because like, I can't do it. I can't face, you know, the microphone right now. And it, it is time consuming. And like, that's, that's another thing is like, you really pour your heart and soul into it. You know, it's like a second full-time job. I mean, I don't know how monetized you guys are, but like, you know, we're pretty new. So like, we're not very monetized. And so it's, we put a lot, a lot of heart and just love for it. And, you know, it does make us happy, but it is very time consuming. And sometimes it gets stressful. You know, we took like a month long break during the holidays just because I, I got to a point where I'm like, I just don't want to think mm-hmm. about the podcast for like one week. And I told and sponsor this- sponsorships don't want to work with you because you're sex positive. Yeah, it's so hard to get sponsors. <laughs> I too. Yeah. And I mean, like, I mean, at least for me, you know, I, I have a, a very corporate, I'm like, yeah. 
if, if this affects it in any ways, cause like I'm literally talking about my sex life, but so, so it, so you do sometimes face those like social stigmas. You do sometimes have to like, kind of put on a thick skin and understand mm-hmm. that like not everyone's going to agree with you. Stick up for yourself and be like, I'm doing this for me. And hopefully it resonates with people and they like it. And then when you do see those messages, when you do get those fans that are like, thank you for this, like, you know, oh my God, I thought I was the only one. Those are the highs that make all of that hard work and the, and the, the lows worth it. Um, so I, I do it for me because I love doing it and I get a lot of fulfillment and satisfaction out of it, but I also do it for our listeners who, you know, I call them like, they're like my best friends, like what's happened that I want to go talk about on the podcast. Like to me, it's like my best friends about it. So you know, it's, it's like a fine balance and do, do I hope to make everyone happy with it? Sure. Absolutely. But I know, you know, criticism does and will come, but that's just kind of part of the game. You know, sometimes we, you know, you deal with like people in the DM things and stuff. And I'm like, guys, Mm, everyone chill out. (laughs) Like I put them on blast. I have my followers go after them. Oh, that's phenomenal. Yeah. I'm like, ooh, I see an opportunity and I take it. (laughs) Well, and that's the thing. It's like, I I wish people understood. I I know you feel compelled to say this, but just say it to yourself, write it on a piece of paper, burn it with love, release it with love. It's so unfortunate. It's so unfortunate that that's normal. It's, it should totally be illegal to send non-consensual nudes. It's very frightening. Instagram won't even take any action on it, even though it violates the guidelines. Instagram really needs to get their shit together. We can yeah, have a they can whole go sit on a conversation stick. about community guidelines. Yeah, let's not. Y'all, we're not, two. We're two hours in. <laughs> I will not hop on that soapbox because we will be here for another hour. So yes, I definitely want to thank the both for doing this panel. Said I admire both of you and what you do and your podcasts and the messages that you guys put out. I'm just proud to be alongside you guys in this space. I champion for y'all success. I champion for all of our collective success in, you know, these missions that we have casts. And I hope people can resonate with it, get introspective and get deep with it. So I'm definitely going to go listen to Natalie, your episode about how a blind person fucks. When you mentioned mm. that, I was like, oh, my God, I need to hear this. I listened to the micro penis. That was my favorite one. Okay. Of the ones that I listen to. And then to. I will yeah, I buy not. your book for yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm buying that book Aww. too. Well, I'll definitely be sending all of you guys some a spectrum of toys to try. I'm definitely interested if any of you have tried clit suckers before. I have not yet. I'm very curious. <laughs> Send me one. Your sister likes knife play and a clit sucker scares you. <laughs> it's funny because did like the bdsm test you know like the spicy levelness of wings on a you know menu at a sports bar so it's like she's willing to try everything to a, some certain degree like i know what i like N- nikki's the one that's like i'm yeah. gonna try everything <laughs> we're very different in that way best of mm-hmm. both worlds any final words from natalie yeah mm-hmm. any plugs yeah, I guess uh, plug the podcast, obviously, like How I Fuck. You can listen to it wherever you got podcasts. Um, if you like it, please review on Spotify and Apple Podcast. And our Instagram, it is at How I Fuck Podcast, but that's How I Fuck without the U. So FCK, same with Twitter around there too. Same handle, uh, How I Fuck Podcast without the U. So FCK. 
And you can find my podcast, Slutrepreneur, everywhere podcasts are played. And if you don't know how to fucking spell, you can find it at professionalgoddess.com. I also share the uncensored version of my life on Instagram at Miss Mothership. So if you want to see how a sex worker runs um, an entire enterprise and just the ups and downs, the highs and lows, uh, check it out, Miss Mothership on Instagram. At Double Teamed Podcast. At Double Team Pod. Yeah. yeah. But everywhere else, it's at Double Team Podcast. <laughs> I hated that. Absolutely hated it. But yeah, Team Podcast. Thank you all for joining us today. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Catch us all on our respective podcast. Whoop, yes. whoop. Bye, guys. Leave a five star review. It's the end of the show, so time to plug myself and pay some bills. So lube up. If you want to keep the show going and learn more about myself and my empire, you can check more out at professionalgoddess.com. My YouTube, mentorships, ebook series, and everything else is linked in the description of this episode, as always. And remember, every time you leave a five-star review, a slutchpreneur has an orgasm. So keep the big O's coming. Connect with your fellow girl gang in the Sletchpreneur Squad Facebook group at cehose.com. That's cehose.com. You can also just search Professional Goddesses in the Facebook search bar and it should come right up. Plus, we have a Discord chat, which is our triple X chat to help our fellow sluts out. You can get this link through the Facebook group or just shoot me an email. We'll get you in there. And lastly, if you want to get all up inside me, follow my free OnlyFans at Rebecca Blue with two Ks and my explicit page at Rebecca Rabbit. Now, all you have to do is put in OnlyFans.com backslash my username. I also offer shoutouts, which can be purchased at RebeccaBlue.com or just private message me on OnlyFans. So I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day. And as always, refuse to be anything but successful. Go make that money, honey. I'll see you queens next Wednesday. Bye.